Girl Ashley and it's your girl Erica, and welcome to That Girl Podcast. This is where we do what we do for the kingdom and the culture as we represent our gender and generation. Hey, Amen. well, welcome back. Hello, hello, hello. We are here. This is episode, episode five. Can you believe we made it to episode five? Girl? We got five on it. Hey, hey we got more than I can give you. Hey, I got five on it. Got it. I was wondering where you were, how far you was gonna go with the song. Yeah, I had to, you know, harmonize out the last word to, you know. But everybody knows what it is. It's legal. Um, that's all I got. It's so legal here. So (laughs) I get it. So hi everybody. I hope everybody's been well since the last episode we've had of That Girl Podcast. You know, at this point, we're almost, what, I think a month into the new year, you Mm. know? So how have your first few weeks been treating you? I know, right? You know, so I'm over here with optimism in my spirit. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so, you know, I got hope for epic year, you know. I think people have done, um, I think in the last few years, it's been new year, new me, new you type of deal. But I yeah. want to know what's the new thing now. Like, what's the new catchphrase for like when you're trying to set something yourself up for this new, I mean, it's a new decade. That's fair. So it's like, it, ha- it can't, you can't just come, new me, new year, new me. You can't have that anymore. You got to evolve so i want to say what's the next the next thing to say to to really describe what you're doing in this next decade you know in all actuality i got nothing um (laughs) i got nothing well i saw a lot of reflection okay all over social media people reflecting over the last 10 years and where they were versus where they are versus where they're going um so i think that's something that's different where people are more reflecting now not just talking about these are like my new year's resolutions these are things that i'm going to work towards mm-hmm. it's almost like it's being grounded a bit more but that still is a little commercial you know i guess so yeah. yeah yeah but yeah i would say that would be it but like myself i don't believe in all of that new year's resolutions come up with an entire list you know i believe in manifesting dreams you know and looking at it a little differently i don't need You're a so list deep. you know <laughs> it's, it's a blessing and a curse <laughs> I love it though. You're like, you know, I believe in manifesting dreams. It is a blessing and it is a curse all at the same time. Okay. (laughs) But you know, I just believe in that. So it's like, I don't need a list of 15 to 20 things I want to accomplish this year. I just want to focus on one thing. And my one word I would say for the year is try, just try it. Mm. Like what's the worst that can happen if you just try. Mm. And so um, for me, it's not about saying yes. It's not about saying no. It's not about thinking of my anxiety or whatever insecurities I may have or things I'm working towards. Just try. And you never know what can happen if you can, if you actually try. Right. I mean, it's very a simple concept, mm-hmm. but I think it's one of those things where you really have to kind of take a step back and be like, dang, do I, can I do this? Should I do yeah. this? You know? Yeah. 
That's real. So what would be like your, you know, word or your manifestation or your list of resolutions? I'm not a judging person over here. Oh, you know? Lord. You know, and so when you say, you know, your one word would be try, I was thinking, what would my one word be? Um, because I want to say one word that I know that I'm bringing over from 2019 into 2020 would be intentionality. Mm, okay. Um, because I don't know if you remember but when we had our New Year's Eve dinner in 2018, I said 2019 will be my prerequisite for 2020. And I knew it was going to take tons of intentionality to get okay. there. And um, I believe God has worked very um, well in my life to show that 2019 was for sure a prereq for 2020. And I'm very thankful for that revelation that I had in 2018 mm -hmm. and for him to just confirm it all throughout 2019. And um, so I would continue to say intentionality because I know there's more things in 2020 that yeah. I would still need to be more intentional about and not just doing it just because or it's the right thing to do. It needs to serve a purpose. So... That's real. I think intentionality is important because it breeds strategy and strategic yeah. vision is always my game. And we need structure. So it's like either we doing this or we not. Because I need to put my energy somewhere else. So Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's praise Jesus. All right. So. Amen. <laughs> I literally was like, Jesus wept. Amen. Like what? <laughs> That's all I had. <laughs> awesome. So um, now that we're here, last episode, we are still in the space of divining dope you know so last episode we talked about p which was priceless and we kind of started with proverbs thirty one ten and breaking down the virtuous woman yeah position and, and purpose yeah yeah and how we gonna you know snatch our power back because oh, it's snatching season it's snatching season all 2020 so that's what I, I mean we that's what i could say instead of saying or having new year's resolutions it could mm -hmm. be no i'm gonna tell you what i'm snatching this year baby so I think that's a good one. That is good because we, we smashing. I'm smashing <laughs> everything back, boo. Everything, you know. And then we talked a little bit about uh, Queen and Slim in a space of highlighting Lena Waithe. Um, yeah. And and our that girl of the week. So you know we had a really really good episode last week. We so did, we, we did. are here with <laughs> our last um, letter in dope defining. You know this. We're I'm celebrating all the all the small milestones. Okay. This is a milestone really to get through um, all the way to episode five and defining dope. Yeah. So the world can actually know where we stand with it and kind of, you know, our intentionality behind it. So that's fair. You know, I agree. And it's funny because I've been getting questions. Uh, so what are you guys doing next? It's like, yeah, we're going to keep going. You know, we're going to yeah. find more topics. And believe me, Erica and I have tons and tons and tons of topics to talk about. So we are going to be working on doing that and um, going from there and seeing what that looks like. Yeah. So. so let's move into that girl of the week. Yes. As you know, this is my sister from another mister. And I know last time we talked about. You got a lot of sisters. That's I do. Cool. I do. So, um, but this one's truly from another mister. The other one, you would be like, okay, I get it. Like Angela, right? I get it. This yeah, one is yeah. truly, you like, oh, that is another mister. That's real. So, That's real. Um, so this um, week we want to honor uh, 
um, Brene Brown as that girl of the week. Brene Brown is a, a research professor for the University of Houston. Mm-hmm. And most people know her for her video, her TED Talk on um, the power of vulnerability. Yeah. And um, she originally went into researching shame mm. and how that impacts people and just the, the type of dynamics that bring within relationships, within education. Um, and she made this TED Talk and it took a lot of courage for her to do what she did because um, – she didn't really view herself as someone that was credible to even go in front of CEOs and just tons of um, business women and men um, to talk about this topic that as if they were going to be interested. And she Mm -hmm. did it and it launched um, who she is today. Um, I just about own all of the books (laughs) that (laughs) she has. I want to say my most favorite book, um, is probably Braving the Wilderness um, because it speaks a lot on truly owning kind of your own self. And what I mean by that is that instead of our, because it's human nature, we all want to belong somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's just within our nature. Um, But then we have to get to a point in our lives where we are able to show up and not have the burning desire or need for validation to belong because you already belong because you say so. Yeah, that's true. And so she provides a really good perspective on true belonging and being able. And that takes a lot of strength, takes a lot of courage to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, So she touches on that. Um, But if you don't know Brene Brown, I would say definitely start with her TED Talk. Yeah. Um, and if you like where, what you hear within the TED Talk, um, I would say dive into um, some of the books. Like I said, I have just about all of them. Yeah. I mean, Erica <laughs> put me up on Brene Brown. And I think the first book I read was Women in Shame. Mm-hmm. You know, and I thought it was very interesting how um, she unpacked shame through a survey and actually going back and looking at those studies and having conversations with women and figuring out what attaches us to the shame that we carry. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important, you know, not even just as a woman, just in general, because one thing that I think I've learned as I've gotten older is that there's power in confession. And if we don't get those things out, we hold them in and we're shameful of what's happened to us when we don't have to be shameful of the things that have occurred in our life because what controls it is the narrative. Yeah. And everyone may not get it. Everyone may not agree with you, but there is nothing in my past that I am shameful of. I may not necessarily be the happiest of the decisions I made. Like, at yeah, one that point. wasn't a good decision yeah. that I made. But you can say that with confidence. Exactly. And you can say that um, with still some sort of pride about yourself to say, mm-hmm. like, no, I mean, I have a colorful past, but yeah. hey. It is what it is. And you can be able to move on for sure. Yeah. So I think one thing that she really does well is when you are trying to move past something and then you become so convicted of your past decisions or things that you've done, um, she reminds us that that's okay. Because if you are mindful enough to acknowledge that you could have done something differently, that a nine out of 10 means that you've grown enough to see the the errors in your ways. And Mm -hmm. that takes growth. And we don't acknowledge that growth. We focus on that feeling 
of, yeah. oh my goodness, how could I have ever done this, you yeah. know, kind of deal. Can't get over that piece yeah. because that's what everyone holds over your head. Yep, that's real. So I think that Brene Brown is definitely worth checking out. And we try to make sure that the That Girls of the Week kind of flow into what we're going to be talking about this week. So as we dig into E, which is empowerment, yep. um, I think, or empowered, um, you'll definitely understand why checking out some of Brene Brown's books would be definitely worth it and you could become like Erica and have a, your own little Brene Brown library. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm just could. gonna go over to her join house. Join me, and join the Brene Brown book club. <laughs> we can have a Brene Brown ministry, can't we? Sure. Absolutely, we can. <laughs> Absolutely, we can. Because she, I mean, I could go on for about Brene Brown. I mean, she also, I mean, you can check out her on her um, her website. I'm sorry, uh, BreneBrown.com, and talks about all her books, her audio blogs, things you can download. Um, her Daring to Lead, which is her last book in 2018. Mm-hmm. So she's dope. Um, yeah. She's my sister from another mister. She, I hope, you know, she realizes that from how many times I've tagged her on social media. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely it. I think that it's important to, um, Eric and I are definitely readers. So I think, um, you know, I always like finding a new author that speaks to me differently that I can challenge my own thought process and way of thinking yeah. because we're lifelong learners, you know? So yeah. <laughs> we like improving and moving ourselves forward. So we are here, honey. We are here. So as Ashley stated, when it comes to empowered, empowered is um, connected to the gender pillar that we have within um, that girl podcast. And we feel that, you know, women are just they're much more stronger, much more um, confident in controlling Mm -hmm. their lives and claiming their rights. And just in this day and age period. So um, we feel that this is beyond applicable to um, what we're going to talk about and really what we're about as a podcast. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and if we were to take it to Webster's dictionary in terms of defining what empower actually means um so we came up with a couple different definitions and one we thought was pretty interesting yeah and that one was to promote the self-actualization or influence of so we were like well what is what is the actual definition of (laughs) self-actualization yeah so erica looked it up and we were like oh that's some good nuggets (laughs) we found a couple of uh definitions actually but one that stood out was the tendency to actualize itself as fully as possible in the basic drive the drive of self of self-actualization actualization mm-hmm. um so it's it's really it i mean it could sound as if like you're reiterating the same thing but it's really the motive to realize one's full potential mm-hmm. so um when you look at it from that perspective or from that lens you're able to then when you tie it into the definition of empower you're really saying like wow women are really being stretched to their full potential we now have an opportunity where we are um, stepping on these platforms to really show we have this potential, mm-hmm. we have this power. Yeah. And um, so I think that's what's the most phenomenal thing with um, with this. That's what's so funny, because it's like when I think about this, I think about how this ties into, it almost captures all the other pillars in a certain kind of way. You know, when we think about mm-hmm. empowered and how we're looking at it through this space. And I always think about, is it a little boosy? Was I-N-D-E-P? <laughs> he was like, you know, so it's just like this whole thing of, you know, we can, women can do anything that a man can do. And we are capable of everything that we want to accomplish. And we can reach our own goals and manifest the things that we desire yeah. without cause, without problems. So it kind of, um, for me, makes me think about feminism. Yeah. You know, so would you um, identify yourself as being a feminist? Good question. Um, 
Yes, but I also would like to add that there are many definitions of feminism. Fair enough. So it's like you can say yes, and then on one side, someone could say feminist is all about women and women only. And mm-hmm. if you even look at a man, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then it could be on the flip side where it's about everybody. So, I mean, I think there's just tons of definitions out there. So, mm-hmm. um, so I would think maybe we should kind of define maybe what that is, what feminism is. Yeah. Um, on our podcast so that we can at least have some sort of standard there. Some foundation that we start with. Yeah, a foundation yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, so when we think about it, um, so I looked up a few definitions just to kind of get an idea of what generally people say um, fem- feminism is. And one of them was a theory of political, economic, and social equality of the sexes. So just promoting equality across the board for all genders um, that exist in every platform or social like, kind of area. Yeah. And then the second part of it was the organized activity on behalf of women rights and uh, women rights and interests. So ensuring that we're our interests and rights are being heard heard and are being understood and being acted upon so that's kind of what they say in general from like a textbook definition but um we have another one that we think is going to just make a lot of sense as we kind of unpack this and as we were talking about it it just made perfect sense to include it did (laughs) it made perfect sense to include because for most people um they've they know beyonce and they know uh, Beyonce for um, being a feminist and being all about women. Mm-hmm. And um, so in her song, Flawless, um, she had uh, featured a, a clip, I would say, from um, Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. <laughs> and I feel like I had to say her name that way yes. because um, I just felt it was appropriate. That's yeah. all I got. You know, I don't know if anyone is aware if we've made this comment at all, but um, <laughs> Erica actually did attend a performing arts high school. So I told her this is her theater coming out. It is. It is. I am a product of D- of DSA. So. so in true theater fashion, I'm going to let Erica kind of reiterate. I'm quite sure we are all very familiar with the song Flawless by Beyonce. Yeah. But there was this um, stanza that she spoke in the background of the song that we all kind of resonated with. Yeah, so just really pay attention uh, to the words um, and not necessarily, you know, just pay attention to the words. So (laughs) in the clip, in in the song, Chimamanda says, We teach girls to shrink themselves, to make themselves smaller. We say to girls, you can have ambition, but not too much. You should aim to be successful, but not too successful. Otherwise, you will threaten the men. Because I am female, I am expected to aspire to marriage. I am expected to make my life choices, always keeping in mind that marriage is the most important. Now, marriage can be a source of joy and love and mutual support. But why do we teach girls to aspire to marriage and we don't teach boys the same? We raise girls to see each other as competitors, not for jobs or for accomplishments, which I could think could be a good thing, but for the attention of men. We teach girls that they cannot be sexual beings in the way that boys are. Feminists, the person who believes in social, political, and economic quality of the sexes. I just got to stop and acknowledge (laughs) how amazing that was. 
You know, um, we had to put a, a, a somewhat of an authentic accent on how it was spoken in that space. I had to give honor to her being Nigerian and her just yes. being a dope Nigerian writer and um, a, a thought leader. I, I, she's also pretty dope, too. So mm-hmm. check out Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. You know, only like you could bring it, Bessie. You know, <laughs> only like you can bring it. You know, so I think that's something that is so important. So as we, you know, we kind of have this whole acronym and we've been sticking to initials that are yeah. close to that um, word to kind of dive through and a way to unpack it. But with this, when we saw this, we were like, oh, no, this is We're it. just going to unpack this stanza. <laughs> like, this is it. <laughs> this is it. So what we're going to do to kind of talk about being empowered and tying into being a feminist and to answer that question for both of us along the way and pay attention to what kind of some statements that are said in this um, poem and the importance of it. So it was funny because as Erica and I were talking about it and we started talking about we teach girls to shrink themselves to make themselves smaller, like say ways to girls that you can have ambition, but not too much. And you're trying your very best not to do the accent. I see you. I am because, you know, I don't think mine will sound as authentic as you. So, you know, there is limits to, of embarrassment. You know, I'm not going to embarrass you gotta myself. You got to pick your battles on how much embarrassment you yeah, want in your like, life because, mm-mm. you know, it's up to you. This ain't what you want. I'm not trying to go viral for the wrong reasons. Let's be very <laughs> clear. But let's take that back. I wouldn't mind bringing some people to the podcast. So that's not a bad thing. Yeah. yeah. So um, it just reminded me, like, you know, we always try to share personal situations or things that are relatable. And I remember it being like almost maybe a decade ago now oh look a decade ago a decade ago look at it look at it (laughs) and my aunt and I were having a conversation and God bless her so because she was just trying to be helpful and I think she was coming from a very very positive place but um, we were at Somerset and of those that are familiar with the metro Detroit area it's more of like a high-end mall out in one of the suburbs and her and I met for lunch and a little shopping and we were hanging out and I like had on a blazer and some jeans and like some cute little cheetah print flats And I remember her giving me advice on dating. And she was like, you know, don't lead with your education or accomplishments, because if he didn't help you get there, he doesn't really care about those things. Like you, she's like, you just look too put together. Unbutton your, unbutton your blazer. You need to look more available. You look unavailable. You look like you have it all together. You need to appear at least a bit aloof. And I remember (laughs) exactly. You need to appear a bit aloof. Yeah. What? And those those weren't her exact words, but those were the words. That's pretty much how I summarized. That's what it carried with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I just remember sitting there being so confused and saying, so I can't lead with my accomplishments. Okay. So I can't appear put together because it intimidates. I'm so confused. And I think these are things that I think these are stories that we tell ourselves in dating as black women or women in general, that you're too intimidating. You're this, you're that. And I don't think that men are walking around intimidated by women. (laughs) Like, I don't think that's an accurate, I think that some of that exists, but not to the way that we make it seem. Yeah, I was, I would agree with that. I was like, I think it exists, but not to the extent of like, yeah, what you said. (laughs) You know, so it's just, it's very interesting to me that she said that. So when I thought of shrinking yourselves to make them feel more important and like you can have ambition, but you can't have too much, it reminded me of that conversation. Yeah. So it makes me wonder like, how much advice were we given, you know, that confused or frustrated us when it came down to dating based off of some archaic, like, thought processes in mind and, like, in points? I mean, there was a song back in the day. Um, it's a bit um, X-rated. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was Jiggas Ain't Sh, But O's and Tricks. That was hard. 
Okay, that was hard um, <laughs> without actually saying the words. Yeah. But I'm saying all that to say that um, that was a theme of conversation. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't that um, like the space that we're in now as adults in terms of having the mutual respect and support and et cetera um, and being able to have uh, mature conversations with men, <laughs> yeah. um, just the things that are very common now. But when we're learning about dating mutual support and things of that nature like none of that was there it was men or dogs they -hmm. only want one thing from you yeah don't accept any money from him because if you do you know what he wants girl do you you know i had somebody tell me i think it may have been my mom back in the day don't buy a man no shoes he's gonna walk right out your life what what (laughs) (laughs) don't buy him no shoes he's gonna walk right out your life oh like where did we come up with this stuff (laughs) oh my goodness where'd she come up with that that's funny that's funny. No, no. But. Now, mind you, the shoes were purchased for the guy. He did walk, but it wasn't <laughs> because of the shoes. Ah, but he walked out. But he walked out. It wasn't because of the shoes. I walked away, oh. so it required for him to walk away, too. Okay. <laughs> but it was just funny. Oh, my Lord. But no, I do. I think that those seeds are planted very early on. And then um, when we have that, and that's just one view. And then the other view is to really um, gain this attention from mm-hmm. men. So to what your aunt was uh, talking about and even kind of what's included in this stanza, because it's like, you know, you should aim to be successful, but not too successful. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you will threaten the man. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, he can be successful. Why can't we be a dynamic duo? Why why is that not possible? Why is that not the goal? (laughs) (laughs) Why aren't these goals we are trying to, you know, reach? But Mm -hmm. I, I see that and I just, you know, it's sad. But at the same time, I feel that with us being more enlightened, I would say, oh, that's an E word. There you go. Enlightened yeah. on um, just who we are and our and our power mm-hmm. as women. I think now that's where the tables are turning. And I'm beginning to see, I don't think it's a trend yet, but I am beginning to see a few men that actually realize what that power is that women have that's real. and actually can respect it and, and like not soak feel, it in and not feel yeah. less than yeah and that's and i've only seen a couple like i said it's not a trend right now <laughs> <laughs> you like if it's, y'all out there just present yourself to us please please, please. <laughs> kind sir please oh i like um, that kind sir <laughs> <laughs> so um but yeah, so like I said, it's not a trend yet, but I do see it. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, you know, going forward um, here in 2020, because we snatching it all, um, we will be able to see more men actually own up to that, which will be wonderful. Yeah, you know, and it's really interesting because then it makes me like as we go down in stanza and it's like, because I am female. <laughs> because I am female, <laughs> I'm expected to aspire to marriage. You know, and it's just very interesting because it's just like, so where do we function and how do we, what do we do when marriage isn't our aspiration, right? Like, what do what we do? What do you do? Like when women are 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 advocating and trying to reach towards men's spaces when we think about professions and sports and things like that. And how does it all tie together when it's just like marriage is not our only aspiration anymore? Yeah. So when you say that, I think of... um well, I like Chicago Fire. So the producer, Dick Wolf, he's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got Chicago Fire, Chicago PD, Chicago Man, whole nine. Yeah. Um, but I thought of Chicago Fire mm-hmm. because there was someone, um, she was, what is the term? EMT, I think is what it is. EMT. Yeah. Yeah. That's what she was at first. Okay. And she wanted to become 
a firefighter. And so when you say this in terms of men's spaces, and I say that with air quotes, yes. so for all those listening, <laughs> air quotes with men's spaces, mm-hmm. um, you would think something like a firefighter would be a man's space because yeah. of the uh, dynamics of that job. And um, they, and I think this could go both negative and positive, how we've done, you know, with the other episodes. Yeah, that's um, right. But I feel that for professions like this, um, if a woman is able to carry a body out of a burning house mm-hmm. just as well as the next guy, mm-hmm. then yeah, if that's one of the qualifications for the job, absolutely. But I do not think that it's appropriate to adjust the qualifications for a job such as this, such as pulling a body out of a burning building mm-hmm. for a woman. Okay. That that's, could just be my perspective. That's touchy. I and I know that's touchy because I'm yeah. sure people would disagree. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel that if you're a firefighter, mm-hmm. you can't really pick and choose which burning building you're going to go into <laughs> and yeah. which people are in this burning building that you say, OK, I can be a firefighter today. Yeah. Like men don't have that <clears throat> option. Yeah, They're just told this is the job and this is what you need to do to handle this, you know, fire or whatnot. So. Women, if this is the job that you want to do, is not to say that, oh, in order to do this job, you got to be a man. But it's here are the requirements. And it's a tough job. Yeah, Like, is. think about pulling somebody. And what if they did? Like, that's dead weight. They can't. <laughs> like, I you mean, gotta, not to mention how you much equipment they have on their body. And they got all of this equipment. Yeah. So it reminded me of an episode when she was training. Um, and she was really struggling with her training equipment because it was mm-hmm. so heavy. It was a lot. So that's just one of the things that I think of is just that it's not to say that uh, this profession, in in essence, is just a man's profession, mm-hmm. um, but it's more of the because of men's phys- physique, like they are naturally stronger. just stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not to say that a woman cannot be as strong. Yeah, I mean, so, women are built uh, bodybuilders. We know a couple. We we know that they are out <laughs> yeah. there. So it's not to say that women cannot do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just to say that if these are the qualifications. Because of the dynamics of this job, of this work, not because mm-hmm. the man are, is just strong, but because of the nature of the work, you have to be able to perform. Yeah. And it like it reminds me, too, of just a different scenario. I remember an article that was floating around the latter, like mid part of last year, um, where it was talking about a girl. I think she was a high school student and she had received a scholarship of some sort to play college football for like a men's football team oh, I probably yeah, yeah. have I, think I remember hearing about that yeah and I might probably have some of the like main key points of the story mixed up but there was a girl who was on a male's football team it's kind of the whole gist of mm-hmm. the story and I remember seeing social media go back and forth about how they felt which was what like how um it was appropriate is it necessary and my first thought was that's awesome that she could achieve a goal like that so it's cool with bringing women into men's spaces but in the second thought that I had was very similar to yours is where men are just unearthly strong. I'm not saying we aren't, but I mean, in a general space, men, men's strength outpowers ours. So what do you do when you're on the field? And I'm not very familiar with football, so I have no terms for you. But what I'm saying is that I know it's a contact sport. Yeah, but I know it's a contact (laughs) sport. Yes. I mean, I'm I'm familiar with a fumble and a tackle and a touchdown. Yeah. Um, All those things require contact. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> so, um, not the touchdown, you know, you can just catch the ball and just run. Fair but, enough. Um, but that's all I got for football. But yeah. for this, I would, I, I see what you're saying because it's like you have this 
guy who is 220 pounds mm-hmm. running after you, I don't know what her physique um, was, but it would that would some people view that as are you putting yourself in danger? Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh, danger! That's an interesting word. Um, because. While we know men are physically stronger and in, in, in terms of just strength or whatnot, but it's just I don't know. I'm just really processing that right now. Like, yeah. huh? Is it that women are put in danger? Um, is it a, is danger really a reason why we should not do something or should do something? You know, that's really interesting that you say that because I think we've systematically been taught that we are to be protected by the male species. Like you ever see that picture Mm -hmm. all over social media that has the street and then the woman on the outside of the street, the man on the inside of the street. And people ask like, what's wrong with this picture? You know, Mm -hmm. kind of deal. Like just speaking from like more of a chivalrous, you know, standpoint of, oh, I need to protect you. So you need to be inside the street. So if something happens, I can grab you. And like, we're taught to like, oh, well, something happens, call your cousin, call your brother, call your husband, you know what I'm saying? Kind of deal to where we've been almost taught that we are supposed to be protected. But when you think about it now, that was a very old school mentality. And while how does chivalry work within a woman being an empowered woman dating? Like, how does that work? Dating and having the, can a traditional guy, can men be the traditional guy Mm -hmm. in this day and age and provide and protect for his woman when um, there are women out here like I am (laughs) B-E-B. Well, that was that, (laughs) me. So, I mean, is that, you know, is that a possibility? Um, Honestly, do men we need to have a man on the show because I want to be like, do you even feel like no, you I can think, yeah. protect and provide for women in this day and age with this, you know, just in this time, in this climate? So It's interesting because I even think about like when we think about carrying, you know, weapons in that space where I know a lot more women now that are avid carriers that are more familiar with how to utilize a weapon and what to do with it to protect themselves. We have all of these yeah. self-defense courses to teach women how to defend themselves and special practices and martial arts and things like that. I'm not saying every single woman is doing these things, but I think we're making a space to protect ourselves more, which maybe requires us to redefine what danger looks like. Mm. Yeah. Because maybe before we weren't able, I mean, we weren't even able to vote. So if we didn't have a voice in voting, then how will we have a voice in how to protect ourselves? Yeah. Where we have that difference now, you know, because I'm an avid believer in, you know, I may not walk around with a weapon every day, but I believe that as a woman, as a person in general, you should not be afraid of a weapon. So you should at least be familiar with it and how to utilize it. So if something does happen to you, you can react in a different kind of way. And that takes muscle memory. That takes practice. So it's not even about I want to shoot. I have to shoot. But how can you protect yourself if something like this happens, right? Yeah. No, that's good. And I agree with that. I think that um, I, I need to carry, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, because when when things pop off and there's a weapon there, um, do you respond and react in a way that's driven by, you know, your fear? Mm-hmm. Or are you reacting to the danger but applying what you know? Yeah. applying whatever wisdom that you have about this particular weapon that you have. So that's that's a good perspective I would say yeah. to have on that. So so in the also in the stanza we the question was why do we teach girls to aspire to marriage mm-hmm. and we don't teach boys the same. Hmm. And I know we just talked a little bit about just like dating and then, or dating an empowered woman. Mm-hmm. Um 
but even if you make it to the point of marriage mm-hmm. um, and you two people are walking into this marriage with two different mindsets mm-hmm. um, because we are teaching girls to aspire to marriage. Yeah. Um, I think now, you know, we have more resources, um, more visibility to different opportunities uh, for girls to have to aspire to mm-hmm. versus it just being get an education, get married, have some kids. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> White picket fence and a dog, get the American dream, call it a day. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's more out there. Um, but I think we touched on this on the last episode about really seeing um, other guys um, like we want to outdo them. Mm-hmm. And then we're also competitive with other women. Um, I think we talked about that in the last episode yeah. um, a bit too. And while being competitive is a good thing, and like mm-hmm. I mentioned before, I think that we just have a different level um, or just a different approach to being competitive. So what would you say, Bestie, um, why we teach girls to aspire to marriage? I think it just goes back to just the old ways of doing things. You know, when we think about the toys that we were received growing up, where we received baby dolls and doll houses and play kitchen sets. And like, those mm-hmm. are things that were more synonymous to being a little girl yeah. and boys received trucks and more rugged toys <laughs> and football and, you know, th- and sport, sport equipment and stuff like that. And it's just, I think those things are ingrained from young, you know, we are playing, you know, dress up and family playtime mm-hmm. And, tea time you know and all those things that make us very feminine and you know make us very girly quote unquote in that yeah. way and so i think you're we're taught that because at that space we're showed that marriage is something we should, should aspire to yeah in that exact moment because we are a homemaker we're taking care of home yes. and, and they make little girls the little home sets yes and they make the little boys the little construction little garage sets. yes and i when you say that, I'm like, oh, gosh, this is like Disney. It's so sexist. It's very it just- much so. Yeah. <laughs> so whereas now I think things are becoming more fluid. And like yeah. if my daughter wants to play with a construction set, I'm not going to tell her she can't. I don't think of I don't think the reverse is as fluid. Yeah. I don't think people are as open because, you know, this whole um, I don't want to really get into this topic or conversation for this because we could be talking for a while. But this whole homosexuality and just fluid of genders and it's so many different terms now that oh, I'm yeah, not even so familiar ways you with. Can go with that. Yeah, it is. Oh, it's a whole lot of different ways you can go with that, and it's just um very very interesting. So when we think about all of those different things together, I think then it's almost conditioned, even if it's not in the front of our mind subconsciously, we're thinking this is what we should be doing. Right. So I think we're getting away from it a little bit, but I still think that um, it's very, very interesting when um, this stuff happens because you just don't know how to respond to it or how to react in that way. Yeah. So like if, for instance, if your son was to come to you and say, I want a doll, how open would you be to that? Why? That's your answer. That would your question. See, you know, I have a tendency to answer questions with questions. (laughs) Um. So I know that could be annoying for all that, you know, I'm in relationship with my family and friends. (laughs) Um, But that would be why. Okay, that's fair. I need to because in order for me to walk through a conversation like that, I need to understand where he's coming from. That's that's fair. Um, And I I do that a lot in people, period. But if my son said, I want a dowel, Mm -hmm. why? That's fair. I, I really need to know why. 
Um, I think that's a fair and, reaction. And it's not, and it's not a judgment. It's not no. a, any. It's just I need to understand so that I can cast out whatever mm-hmm. judgment would be coming in my head. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I can truly understand and hear it from his perspective. So that would be my first reaction. I, I don't say. think that's a bad reaction. I think you're taking the time to learn more about your child and why this is something that they desire. And I think most panic, most parents not initially like, will just panic. Like the response will be, Oh, you tripping. Ain't no way. You're like, well, let's talk about this a little bit more. What yeah. is it that you need from this? What is it that you want from this? And let's figure out why. And then let's talk through that and see what that looks like for you. Yeah. Cause knowing my son, he would probably, <laughs> <laughs> he would probably want a doll <clears throat> just to say, this is my girlfriend at school but I bring her home with me knowing my son so if we really want to get <laughs> to my son he'll be like but this is like my girlfriend sounds and, like it. so that would that would be my son but I would I would still be like but that's crazy you want a doll like but anyway so yeah that would be my situation so I think what do you think about the part where she talks about how we teach girls they cannot be sexual beings in the way that boys are because I feel mm-hmm. that um, while that is still the lesson that's being taught, mm-hmm. I feel that over the last decade, women have, in the 2000s period, I want to say women have elevated them or evolved in a way where it's I'm owning my sexual power and they have been very open with saying oh we about to get down with the get down mm-hmm. That's and very true. and i and i feel like that has just been like a norm where before it was very like no it's just not what i do you know it's just mm-hmm. me and my guy brad and like <laughs> my, you know. my man's brad oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah so what, what do you think why why do we teach girls they cannot be sexual beings in the way that boys are, because boys are told to, hey man, hey, you know, I think go out there. <laughs> I think it's just a double standard that exists. Like, totally, it's just, yeah. You know, when you're younger, look, guys are asked, how many girlfriends do you have? How many? I mean, like, almost a badge of honor as a man traditionally had been. I'm speaking in past tense because I think some of this still exists, but not to the same extent. Um, you know, so it just exists that way. And I don't think it's a, uh, I think there's some elements of it that just, I somewhat agree with, but are kind of difficult. Cause when we think about these last, you know, the two thousands in general, as you just stated, the me too movement, the slut walk that Amber Rose has done. I mean, women are finding ways to snatch back their power of their own sexuality. Yeah. And I think there is a certain level of power over your own sexuality. But I also think that there is a function that, um, men or women, should be responding or reacting in a way that's honoring their themselves in their own body. Yeah. Regardless of what society tells you you should be doing. When you mentioned Me Too movement and Slut Walk with Amber Rose, mm-hmm. I started to think of what was the video vixen's name that uh made it Corinne Stephens. There you go. Yep. Thought about her mm-hmm. because she that was early two thousands. It was. Um and she, you know, got around and um wrote a book, put everybody on blast. Everybody um, but again, like that's unheard of yeah. for a woman to do anything like that. Yeah. Um, so I think it is important that women embrace their sexual power yeah. and um, be able to say where you stand sexually. That's fair. Um, versus it being that I'm all about this action, um, but you still can be and honor your sexual being. 
Yeah, I think you can honor it and still be honest with what yourself and what you desire. Yeah. I think there's, and I think men aren't, I don't think a lot of men are used to that still, like where I can tell you what I like and what I don't like. But I also think the other side of that, because we're not taught to be sexual beings, we go into marriage. Let's say if we do it the traditional way, we go into marriage as a virgin or as someone who's been celibate or taking a vow of celibacy for an extended period of time. Is that traditional? No, I don't think everybody. You know, know, I think, well, quote unquote (laughs) traditional, I would say. But think about, just just roll with me for a second. I'm rolling. Let me keep going. So when you think of it. No, I get where you're coming from because it's not necessarily traditional <laughs> oh, episode. So let me go ahead and put the air quotes around him um, in the space of but women are getting married and then they're not knowing their bodies they don't really know what to do with them and they're not taught how to find pleasure with a partner that's a whole nother conversation yeah. but it plays a part in this because we're not taught to be sexual beings right but then we're expected to be sexual beings when we're in marriage. space and it's like how does that so even he make looking sense? at you like so you don't know how to do nothing like can you do you even want to? You like, got you got <laughs> do you have Meg knees or not? Like let me know. Like what you do? You know? You ain't oh. got none of that? Oh, okay. And it's like I think there's a beauty in learning each other, but I think that there's an expectation that's different. Yes, that's it. Yeah, you, and you girls can be walk nasty. into the marriage differently yes. than the man does. And they have all types of expectations and women have all types of expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of them are at times could be um unspoken expectations yeah, I because agree. of this lesson that we were taught throughout life prior mm-hmm. to marriage. Then we get in the marriage and have our own opinion on things, think like, well, this is my wife or this is my husband. This is how this is going to go down mm-hmm. without even talking to your spouse about it. <laughs> it's like, so how do you expect for this to work? And you want your spouse to show up in this way and you never really had the conversation and aligned on anything. Yeah. <laughs> but you expect this to work. Good luck. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that it's really interesting because we're not taught to be sexual beings. So when people like Corinne Steffens or women that are very, very open with their sexuality and what they desire and being empowered in that way mm-hmm. um, of this is who I am. This is my body. I own it. Exactly. Um, I don't deserve to be sexually abused or harassed because of what I'm wearing. Like, I think these are great things because all of these things are pieces of taking back your power. Yeah. You know, all of these things are being are being enlightened of what you can offer and what you desire and not being afraid to communicate that. But I still think there is a balance that doesn't necessarily exist in that level of empowerment and honoring your body. Yeah. But I also think honoring your body looks different for everybody. I I would agree. I think honoring your body looks different on everybody, but I would say that's where it gets gray Mm -hmm. because we can say, take back your power and everybody like, oh, cool. I can do that. Cause we real quick, <laughs> we real quick to comfort somebody. We're real quick to you know shut somebody down and mm-hmm. to be able to speak up and be that loudest, loud, the loudest voice in the room. But the gray area is coming back to you, pointing the finger at you. How are you gonna honor yourself? Yeah, and it's really important to understand your identity and what you value, so that you know what you need to honor and how you need to honor yourself. Mm-hmm. So, but that's the lesson. That's the lesson that I don't think that um 
is really being taught. No, it's not. And we're just not having enough dialogue around that. So maybe we could have more dialogue around it. I agree. I think I would love to bring a guy on and kind of have this conversation from both perspectives. And it's like, it's either one end or the other. There is no balance of in between. It's like, oh, I can take my power back. Cool. (laughs) Right. Got him. So (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of how that is. But no, I think that's so interesting. And like, as we think about it, like I was thinking about women empowerment in general. And I remember seeing this meme a while back and it was talking about women empowerment, stop doing women empowerment events and then going back to being the person that puts women down after. And so there's Mm. this whole thing of is women empowerment trendy or is it authentic? Good question. So, Bestie, what would you say about that? What would be your thoughts? question. I think that it becomes trendy when... Good question. I think it it, it becomes trendy when it works in someone's favor (laughs) for how or what they want to do. Okay. Um, I think when it's coming from an authentic space, it's more... um, I want. I wasn't. I was gonna say practical, but that's not the word I'm looking for. Um, when it's coming, it's just it's more authentic. I mean, I don't know a word that I can put there, but um, because when you do certain things for attention, when you do certain things because it's the bandwagon to jump on right now, mm-hmm. there isn't any authentic. Um, authentic thought and it's not coming from really the heart It's really coming from a place of let me just jump on this bandwagon let me get some validation some attention versus it being no I need to own who I am hmm okay and I need to stand in that power and stand in that truth um when it's coming from more of authentic space so Hmm. But yeah, that trendy versus authentic piece, because I can see how, because that just makes me think I can see how if I were a man and how I would view um, women who have actually have been sexually harassed and have been, you know, impacted negatively um, from the Me Too movement, et cetera, and then go to work one day and there's a female coworker of his that's just like, uh-uh, Me Too movement. And I know he's probably like, really? Like, you just going to scream Me Too movement because that's the thing right now? Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, if I like, were so a how guy. how that play into other situations, the trendiness of something? Right. Mm-hmm. And so, like, mm. so just because there is, and it's not to take away the importance of the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if I were a guy and a female coworker would jump up and be like, uh-uh. Me Too movement. This is not the time. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, if someone were to do that, um, I know it just makes me think, like, how would I handle that as a guy? How would I feel as a Mm -hmm. guy? Because I kind of feel like you would be walking on eggshells the whole time around women. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because as adults and you get around the opposite sex, the tendency is to flirt. It is. So it's like, I can't flirt no more? Like. <laughs> or like, where are the ways that I can communicate to you in a friendly way that won't, that won't be offensive? I think it just I think it just pushes everyone to do more work. Yeah. You yeah. know, to figure out what that looks like for them. So, so we've now come to the end of this stanza here. And she says, feminist, the person who believes in social, political, and economic equality of the sexes. So I ask you again, Bestie. After we've kind of talked about this, we've unpacked a lot, um, would you identify as being a feminist? I would. That's fair. <laughs> would you identify as a feminist? 
You know, I feel like we are a feminist show. Um, so yes. <laughs> You know, I kind of feel like, you know, the podcast in itself is called That Girl Podcast. Yes, exactly. So, you know, Empowering feel- women to be that girl, no matter who that girl is. Whose mission in life is to you know, <laughs> be dope, you know. <laughs> exactly. All of those wonderful things that we have told you guys over and over again. <laughs> so, right. um, so, yeah, so I think that that's very interesting. So when we talk about being empowered, it's really important as a woman to understand what that really means what that is like for you um to make sure you're being enlightened at the same point and that you're engaging you know and that you feel like you can engage and I think we've kind of talked a little bit about we weren't able to vote that you know we didn't really have voices so really being able to engage in a different way and just going back and snatching everything that is yours snatching you know, that's going to, you're going to hear that a lot. So you might as well just get used to it because it's snatching season. It's snatching season, baby. <laughs> you know, and I think that we definitely um, think think about danger. We would love to hear from you guys what your definition or thoughts on danger is. Because I think when we think of danger, we think of unsafe environments. But in the back of our minds, we subconsciously think of men and women and how men are meant to protect women. Now, mind you, don't get us wrong. We will, we want to be protected by a man. But do should we be viewing danger differently? Yeah. Are we holding on to an old systematic viewpoint or definition of what that looks like for us? Yeah. So that's something that I think is real interesting, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to have to come back and talk about this dating and empowerment. Yeah, because I think that, that's, that can be unpacked. I wholeheartedly agree. That can be unpacked for sure. All by itself. Did you really have to? (laughs) I did. You know, I like a little drama at times. I love us. And speaking to I love us. Yes. This is our our, I I love us segment. I want to say something else. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I want to say about a month ago. Yeah. um, There was um, this. It went viral. It was from People Magazine, and they highlighted a powerful photo that um, showed black medical students standing on a formal, a former um, slave plantation in their white coats. Mm. And the picture just went viral. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just so dope because, I mean, you have black medical students in their white coats standing on a slave plantation. Like, yeah. what? It's so funny because when I read this article after you sent it to me, I was like, oh, this is so dope. And the way they described it as ancestral. Okay, let me try that one more time. Ancestral resiliency. Yes. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Whew. That just, I don't know if that went over <laughs> y'all head, but that just gives me chills. <laughs> yeah, so it's just, it's another, um, they felt one empowered to do so. But when they say it's a powerful photo, like, it speaks magnitudes as to um, how far we've come um, as African and African-Americans in this country mm-hmm. and um, how much we or how far we still have to go. Yeah. And so um, it was just really good to see that there. When we, when we arrived to America, no one would have ever thought that you would have a black medical student standing on a plantation. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like we've come so, so far and um, we got a lot to go. So, yeah. And I think about um, just just statistics and some of the things that have been coming out about 
black women and um, receiving medical care and how when we look at statistics, I don't know the exact percentage, but we are the most unheard group of people when we go to the doctors. Our doctors do not listen to us. They do not listen to when we talk about our bodies. There is a fear that is attached to childbirth in black women because we're losing our lives at such a rapid rate because people aren't listening to us when we tell them something is wrong with how we're feeling. And yeah. that's why I think this, this picture is even more powerful because we need black doctors. This is something that I was so glad when Erica sent it to me. I said, oh, this is dope. Like, this is why I love us. Like, we take things that were meant to keep us down and to keep us, like, just handcuffed. And we just, we just, we we are stepping all over it, man. And it is just beautiful. It is. Yeah, I love it. It makes my heart smile. I know. (laughs) My daughter told me that she wants to be a doctor. And she did. But she also told me she wanted to be a construction worker and a YouTuber. So, you know, two out of three. Let's just lead a construction worker. (laughs) You know, so I'm going to let her live her life, though. Yeah. I told her she can do all three. How about, you know, we start out with the YouTube channel? Yeah, that's fair. That's an accomplishment that she can do. She can do that right now at this age. Mm -hmm. You know, we can start there. Mm -hmm. I told her, you know, you want to be a doctor? You want to be in school for a little bit? Mm -hmm. You know? Well, so, let's bring her, let's put her in some STEM summer program camps or something at my school, the office. Let's do some things. We can do some things. I'm so. all about creating the next generation. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, I'm such a step. Okay. <laughs> and Jesus wept. Amen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we are at that moment again now where um, when we wrap up our podcast and we kind of talk about if it had not been for this, I would not be that girl. Um, so bestie, in true fashion of ending this episode today, if it had not been for what, you wouldn't be that girl. You know, talk about this as it relates to our episode today. Hmm. First thing that popped in my head were two women who empowered me at a very young age. Okay. Um, that's not in my family. It was my third and fourth grade teachers, um, Mrs. Branch and Mrs. Blakely. They were all about the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were all about girls um, being on top of their game. Mm-hmm. Girls being as smart and as vocal um, as they can be. And um, I was the girl in school that loved to make people laugh and I could hold a conversation. Um, but I was also the nerd. So then the teachers knew that I talked a lot, but they knew I was really smart. Like her work is done, but she's just talking and it's <laughs> disrupting everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I'm done. I need some more work to do because if not, I'm going to talk to somebody. So, um, but I developed a really good relationship with Mrs. Branch, who was my third grade teacher, and Mrs. Blakely, who was my fourth grade teacher. Um, I really wish that schools would do some of the things that they did in fourth grade or third and fourth grade. Um, So, for example, there was um, a time where, well, two examples. One was um, I wrote a speech, and I think this was third grade. um, The I don't know if you remember this in school. The I, um, if I what is it? It was the McDonald's um, I Have a Dream competition Vaguely, yeah. So um, in third grade, I entered that competition. Okay. And I said I want to be a criminal lawyer, talked about Thurgood Marshall, like the speech was everything. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't win, but I won third place. 
so I placed. I just didn't win first place. Um, but for me, that was a moment, I would say, in my childhood where it was like, huh, people really listen. People mm. really care. Like, I could really be somebody. So for a minute, I wanted to be a criminal lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing. And then two, in the fourth grade, um, I remember getting this letter to go home to all the parents, asking the parents for their permission to show um, the movie Roots to, oh, to kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my mom was like, yeah, you can, you can watch it and everything. But um, looking back at it now, I'm like, if my kids were to see Roots, they're going to be like, mama, why they do this? Like, my kids would probably be crying. <laughs> yes. Because um, we watched something one day and my kids were like, why are people so mean? <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, help me. <laughs> to teach my children that the world is not as nice as that. It's not, you know, fruits and berries and peaches and cream and cotton candy and roses. Not at all. So, um, but yeah, so I just, so for me, those those stand out. So I think if it wasn't for Mrs. Branch and Mrs. Blakely, um, they were, I think, for me, a very pivotal um, part in my growth as a as a young girl. And I wouldn't be who I am today. That's awesome. I love that. That is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're like, that was just great. It, it is because like my mindset went to something very similar um, in terms of like, what women have like kind of paved the path for us and who am I just grateful for, you know, women like Rosa Parks, Harriet Tubman, um, just Angela Davis. Like we think about all of these amazing women that took a chance to do something different. Maya Angelou, like we can go on and on. You know, she's my great aunt, right? Who Maya Angelou? Mm-hmm. And yo, in, in real life? No, I'm lying. Um, not in real <laughs> like, life, but in my head, though. No, in my head, though, I do. I do believe that because when someone shows you who they are the first time, believe, believe them. them. Yes. You have to say it just like her. So, yes. I would know. agree. Like, that's, I would say that's she one of the auntie, quotes auntie that status. I, yeah, I was like, that's one of the quotes I live by. Believe you know, them. So it's just, um, I think that all of these women, I'm not talking about the current, you know, amazing women that are doing things. I'm talking about the women that took the chances where nothing else existed similar to that. There was no one for them to pull back to and to see. And they were able to do something amazing within their own right. And for me, I'm just thankful for them because I wouldn't be able, I don't think any of us will be able to do the things that we're doing now. If it had not been for them setting the foundation. Oh, yeah. So I'm definitely grateful and thankful for that. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Bestie. So I want to say this wraps up uh, episode five, five of That Girl Talk. Because we got five on it. We got five on it. <laughs> um, but also before we... Um, before we end the show, I want to say that um, we need to give honor to this year being 2020. And for us, where you to going be, with that? <laughs> for us to be um, the finest and most phenomenal women of the best organization the best. Um, of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. Zeta <laughs> <laughs> um, This is our mm. centennial year. And so... Um, She's dancing, by the way. Everybody. I am. She's <clears throat> dancing. Uh, but so just wanted to give honor to all my sores um, for this centennial year. Um, I've already have, I've been getting messages since January 1st about what you wearing, what picture you posting. You notice our time. 
we about to <laughs> like, cut up all January. Like, do you hear this me? whole month? Is, is just crazy. So um, it's probably this whole year. Is gonna I would be agree. Crazy. Um, so, yes, ma'am. <laughs> um, I'm looking, but I'm looking forward to it all. Yes. Um, so yeah. So I just wanted to yeah. give a special shout out to you my know, Rouse. You know, this is centennial year for us. So um, in true Zeta fashion, we about to cut up like only finer women can. That's that was a very uh, sassy way to put that. Amen. Mm-hmm. And Jesus wept. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's our time so if uh you're gonna get tired of seeing some zeta pictures on our profiles but it's cool because everyone else had their time it's our time now too yeah let's do bit. this <laughs> a little yes. bit well, everybody stay blessed um so just be you be kind and shine that's my 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 motto <laughs> <laughs> um if you want to follow me you can follow me on facebook and instagram uh, first with my business at the erica monet group um so it's e-r-i-k-a-m-o-n-a-e-g-r-o-u-p uh, my personal page is erica.monet so that's e-r-i-k-a dot m-o-n-a-e um, both on instagram and facebook Dusty. Yeah, so um, if you want to follow my uneventful Instagram page, you can always reach me at iExude underscore me, I-E-X-U-D-E underscore M-E. And please, please, please follow us on Instagram at That Girl Podcast, all one word. Um, definitely, we're posting more on there. So, you know, we're taking baby steps to getting better with social media. Yeah. But it's the best way to find out when we are going to be um, coming up without coming out with new episodes, posting things that are going to relate to the episode and things like that so it's always great to make sure that you are following us on instagram as well so absolutely awesome so have a good day and just make 2020 epic continue to make it epic hey and this snatching hey <laughs> did you Don't. just say hey after my snatching <laughs> you know it just felt right <laughs> <laughs> all right you guys it's been real and you've listened to another episode of that girl, girl podcast. podcast peace bye-bye